The opinions expressed in the following video are not in their entirety endorsed by this podcast. They are instead the focus of our discussion today. This is your content warning. What's a conspiracy theory that you a thousand percent believe in? That the Christian God, who's a tyrant, narcissist, jealous, hateful, angry, sexist, homophobic, baby killer, child killer, killed 2.8 million innocent people in the Bible, flooded the entire planet, literally burns and kills all non-believers in an eternal torture chamber and enslaves all of his followers is actually the devil. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Content Warning, your Bible meets culture podcast where we break down biblical theology versus modern content that's out there for everybody to see. And we have a very special two-parter this particular month. We're super excited. I'm actually going to think I'm going to title this The Satan Conspiracy. I'm Nathan. This is Joshua. What's up, man? What's up, dude? It's good to see you. Uh, it's fantastic to see you too. Uh, I feel like it, it feels like every time we sit down and do one of this, it hasn't actually been a whole month since we sat down and did the last one. Yeah, um, but it actually is. So yeah, and this one's super exciting, right? This one's two parts. This is two videos for the price of one. Both are free, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and we're remember, super excited to start this. Remember one. when we started this, we were like, "How in the world are we going to talk for an hour on right? six seconds or thirty right? seconds or sixty seconds?" And then we do, or an hour and a half, and now we've got right. the two-part video. It's just, I know, it's gonna be because neat. we're like, there's no way to cover all of this material in, in one hour. I do remember that, man. You go yeah. all the way back to uh, when me and Caleb started 662 Roundtable, that yeah. first episode that we have. We actually sat there and talked for three hours. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, that's way too long. Nobody's going to listen to this. Um, and so we're trying to kind of keep that in this time time constraint that we've got, and it's super exciting. Um, I do, I am really excited about this one. So this is going to be a two-part video, kind of like we said. It's actually going to be two separate videos. The first one that you've already seen uh, is going to be a TikTok video talking about what I'm calling the Satan conspiracy. This dude that, this is a conspiracy theory that he a thousand percent believes in, that the God that you read of in the Bible is actually the devil which is a funny concept. And we talked about this after the fact. We, we uh, had a guest, by the way. That we, this was not going to be just me and Joshua, but uh, some emergencies came up and things had to get rearranged. And so we talked about it actually yesterday before recording this. Um, we should have gotten Kippy Myers. And for mm -hmm. those of you that don't know yeah. who Kippy is, Kippy is one of those guys that you could go in, I mean, more sure about that that ice is just really cold water and Kippy will talk to you in philosophy language for 20 minutes and have you second guessing what life is, period. Um, and so this would have been a good topic for him. But anyway, we'll get him on at some point, I'm sure. But this yeah. is going to be interesting to talk about. We're going to address the conspiracy theory in this video. And then in part two, it's actually a separate video. He makes it, of him, he makes it up himself um, and he details exactly why that he believes this conspiracy theory is true. And so this video is going to be kind of addressing that topic. The next video, part two of this one that we're going to call the Satan conspiracy is just going to be a point by point rebuttal of everything that he says. And I'm excited about it. Joshua, I hope you're excited about yeah, it. Man. Joshua did a lot of the legwork on this one. So I'm going to, I get to let him take the lead and that's exciting for me. And I just get to add what I, I guess will call me the color commentator and you can be the play by play guy as we kind of work our way through this. Um, but you kind of wanted to start with this idea of there's a fundal, a fundal, what is that word? A there's fundamental, a, a fundamental fallacy uh, when it comes to the misinterpretation of God. 
Yeah. Uh, which is kind of how this whole whole thing starts with uh, starts with this particular video. So go ahead and, and talk about that for a sec. Well, when I first watched the video, because you found it and right. sent it to me, and you said this is what you get when you type in religion or something like that. Yeah, in that TikTok. Was it. So, so like that we'll, we'll we'll maybe make a video about this, how we kind of do some of this stuff in the past. But this was me getting out there looking for really popular content. This guy's popular. This guy's content has kind of blown up lately. Um, but yeah, this was me scrolling through on TikTok, having just typed in the search bar religion and clicking on videos. And this is one of the things that popped up immediately. Um, you know, you got a lot of angry rants. You have a lot of, hey, here's how Jesus saved my life. And this one just stuck out because it, yeah. it got really interesting really fast. Yeah. Well, I would think that, you know, unfortunately, if you were to do a search like that, most of what you're going to find is negative. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, like we say. But I watched the video, and of course, this is before we got the second video. So we'll leave the second video for the second video. Right. But right. Uh, I was watching this, and I made it through, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, the the fundamental flaw, and, and when you're trying to argue a point, when you're trying to bring a different perspective to something, you always want to start with the, the foundation. What is right. the fundamental thing? And sure. for me, the fundamental flaw of this video is that this guy, whoever he is, I, I really don't know who he is, but uh, whoever he is, has a misunderstanding of the holiness of God because he's saying all of these negative attributes of God, right. like baby killer, liar, um, deceiver, sexist, sexist jealous, all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, homophobic. That was another. That's one that another one. Yeah. yeah, that was and, the one that gets thrown out by God a lot. And when you take those things apart from the holiness of God, yes, those things have negative connotations. When you look at them within the picture of the holiness of God, you have to restructure how you think of that. So those things cannot be the foundation for holiness. Holiness has to be the foundation for those things. Yeah. So well, when, that's that's kind of funny, though, too, when you, when you talk about that, because I think a lot of this, the fundamental misinterpretation of it, right? How often are we so equipped to point out all of the what we consider negative characteristics of God, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you frame them in a certain light, they seem negative, right? right? Nobody strives to be homophobic or a baby killer or jealous or sure. wrath or, you know, whatever the case may be. And we forget that you can't separate, I mean, those parts of God as much as you can separate parts of our own personality, right? You know, we're still, just because we have negative attributes about ourselves and positive attributes about ourselves, for lack of a better word, right? we are still who we are and you can't yeah. separate those two out and go, okay, well, these are the aspects of God that make it negative, And these are the aspects of God that make it positive. Although we tend to completely ignore the parts that we would say, make it positive. Yeah. So here's, here's another thing. And I think we have this later on in, in one, the outline or whatever, but I want to go ahead and jump to it. Is yeah, that go for it. When, when you, when you do that, you're putting your definition of things as the authority and, and ultimately you're making yourself God. That's my question for this guy. Yeah. If if the God of the Bible is actually the devil, then who then is God? Right. And for him, I think it would be, I am, you know, I, right. I'm God, I'm the authority. So when you talk about, let's take homophobia, for example, right. you say, well, God's homophobic because God says that, you know, being gay is wrong. Right. Okay. It's not so much that God, well, first of all, homophobic is such a term that gets thrown around, you know, it's not the fear of homosexuals, but right. the, uh, the, yeah. the content, Go ahead. I'm going to look up that exact definition because I feel like this is one of those things that 
and it's partly all of this, right? Because mm-hmm. we give things modern definitions and we've created them into this idea of um, they mean something beyond yeah. uh, what we've created them to mean. And, yeah. and so that's that's the problem that I have with a lot of these types of... So the actual definition for homophobic is having or showing a dislike of prejudice against gay people. And so when you break that down, it's not a disapproval of behavior. Mm -hmm. It's treating them or having a prejudice, preventing them from doing something on the sole purpose of them being a homosexual. Yeah. And so. So where did you get the definition from? That's Google. Okay. So this This is is interesting because, I I mean, this is not a a podcast on homophobia, but. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get sidetracked. Phobos in Greek means fear. So I'm not. You don't fear or have an extreme fear of homosexuals, or right. you know, if you're fat phobic, it's not that you're afraid of fat people. You know, you right. understand. But my my point here is that for this guy, he has to make himself God. Well, when you do that, you look at homophobia, for example, and you say, "Well, here's here's homophobia. God's obviously homophobic because he condemns homosexuality in Scripture." Right. No, God in His holiness made proper relationships yeah which were which are one man and one woman right and yes that gets skewed in scripture elsewhere you have patriarchs who are uh, who have multiple marriages and multiple wives right. and all that it's it, just because it happens doesn't mean it's approved but yeah the ideal is one man and one woman that's what yeah. god does and when you look at it in the picture of holiness it really redefines everything else yeah well so then you've got to kind of define then you know you're you're going along with that same track is how do you define what holiness is yeah right and so can a god who is holy if we're going to bring this back to where you're separating satan and god right because he does make the comment right if Mm -hmm. he believes that that the god that we refer to is actually satan then who is God? Is he himself God? Does he believe that Satan is the only spiritual being that exists Mm -hmm. and just puts on the facade of being God in order to manipulate people that are, I I don't know, for lack of a better word, gullible, I guess. Now, we're not falling into that camp, right? I would assume that that may be where he comes from a little bit, where you think that maybe he himself is supposed to be God. I, I don't know if maybe he has a mindset. This is the glory of TikTok, right? We could try to fill in all these gaps because it's a well, well, 60 I don't, second video. I don't think he's thought about it. I don't know. I, if, I really if don't. We, if we were to ask him that question, I don't think he would think about it. In fact, I think he would probably say, well, from like I'm, I'm just looking at the Bible as a piece of literature. Yeah. And and the the, the ironic character of God actually plot twist is the right. devil. So, yeah, maybe, maybe so. And we'll kind of get to a little bit of that, I guess, in the second video when yeah. we start taking off all these points that he's he's kind of discussed. But so you've got going back to this having two separate entities, right? Having the, having Satan and having God can and you're talking about, you know, because, again, it does make sense. Right. He paints this picture in a very negative light mm-hmm. because we take all of these as as most of the time inherently negative characteristics right we, you know we you know the bible tells us it's not good to kill um you're not supposed to be jealous you're not supposed to enslave people um which i thought was really funny right how he claims that eternal judgment is actually enslaving which i thought was an interesting way to frame that right um so it brings this question of if god actually has all those attributes about him can he actually be holy right can a truly holy god actually demonstrate wrath uh, I think yeah. is the big question. And yeah. again, this 
you know, I don't want us to paint this picture like you and I are not qualified to talk about this kind of stuff because you are more than I am. I'll just go ahead and admit that. That doesn't bother me at all. But it is one of those things that guys that, you know, that are in our boat, uh, guys that are smarter than us have struggled with that. Yeah. You know, this idea can um, can a, a truly holy God demonstrate wrath and justice in a way that uh, when you look back at it objectively, yeah, seems harsh. Uh, he mentions the flood. You know, uh, seems kind of harsh, right? But actually, uh, we look back at the flood, and never mind. I'm not going to get on this sidetrack about why we paint the flood in nurseries. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Not at all. Um, but we we look at the flood, and it's you know you can, and I think a lot of it is the lens that you choose to look at it by. This guy chooses to look at that through a negative lens. Um, I think some people would choose to look at that as a demonstration of God's grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He did destroy the world, but He didn't dis- like He didn't end it. Like he could have, like he wanted to end all of mankind and he decided, Hey, I'm going to keep this family. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to let this continue to play itself out. And so I think that's, I think that that's a demonstration of God's grace. And I think that choosing to look at it that way, um, is actually far more beneficial when you're trying to, can this holy God actually have wrath? Yeah, he can, but he shows grace through his wrath too. At the same time, it's very, very interesting. Yeah. So I think without trying to give our audience a headache, there are two schools of thought with the wrath of God. Uh, On the one hand, you have people who align themselves with theologians like J.I. Packer, who says that wrath is part of God's essence. And so in order for God to be perfect, wrath must be included just as much as love is and and grace and mercy and all of those things. And then there are people who, uh, I'll, I'll just say, align with my school of thought, which is that love is the is the essence of God. Yeah. Wrath then is a characteristic of God. And so it's not the fundamental nature of God, but it proceeds forth from the foundation of love which is built on holiness. So love is the foundation, holiness uh, let's say uh, is the walls of the of what makes God if you know in in the house picture and yeah. then wrath then is the landscaping. Uh, can you have a can God be God without wrath? Yes, but is it necessary in order for the house to be the fullest of the picture? Yes, it is. Yeah. So, uh, and and with wrath too, we have to ask: Is God's wrath ever unjustified? Yeah. And the answer is no, and it, and it's no based on His holiness. Yeah. So with uh, with the flood, for example, God's wrath is exuded in uh, in the flood against creation and humanity but if you were if you read first peter 3 where peter is talking about the flood mm. uh, and, and he's he talks about baptism as being or the flood as being a type for for baptism right but he talks about the flood and he says that noah and his family were saved through the water they weren't yeah. saved from the water they were saved through the water which is interesting because you would expect they were saved from the water because the water's right. a threat but not to Peter. To Peter, mm-hmm. the water is the means by which they are saved. So that's the that asks the question: What are they saved from? Yeah, they're saved from sin. They're saved from that right. wrath of God poured out on sin of, of the world. So when you take a step back and you ask, you know, why did God command the Israelites to annihilate nations? Yeah. Uh, well, Judges chapter two, or well, excuse me, Judges chapter one tells us that the children of Israel, when they got into the promised land and they all broke up into their tribes and they went away to annihilate all these other small areas to inhabit them as tribes, 
Yeah. They actually didn't. Yeah. They lived alongside them or they enslaved these people or whatever. Well, guess what? The next chapter in Judges chapter 2 says, and now the Israelites worship the Baals and Asherah. Yeah. <clears throat> That's so... It, right. There's a bigger picture there that right. clearly, and there's a bigger picture in our lives, right? Like, yeah. We keep looking back at where we keep looking backwards because it's easy. Uh, but there's a bigger picture going on in our life that sometimes we don't understand things. And that's, you know, there's a reason behind it. We just don't know what it is a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you talk, yeah. I mean, so you, you've got to have that portion of it. And I think that that kind of also demonstrates a little bit of, of one of these notes that you've got here next is you've got to balance the picture of the holiness and the sovereignty of God versus the I'm going to say the messed upness of humanity. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea that creation is not perfect uh, was not anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you've got to balance those two things. And I think that's a big part of what it is, too, because of the fall of man, because we've allowed this stuff to kind of creep into because everything we're talking about, everything that he mentions, by the way, actually happens post fall. Yeah. Right. Um, sure. So you've got this you, you've got this big kind of blip there where it's like, hey, everything started perfect. Everything was fine. And then we messed it up mm-hmm. and, and you move on, you know, kind of through that. And so it's it's one of those kind of catch 22 type deals. You have to balance the sovereignty of God versus the the unholiness, I guess, is how you put it, of man. Yeah, and, uh, and, and you, you forget that the purpose or, or the intention of God eventually is for that garden picture to be right. brought back. Right. So, the the end game is so it yeah. started with perfection. We messed it up, and the end goal is still perfection. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's so. I would ask this guy if God is the devil, right? Then what do you do with the final uh, heaven and mankind, God and mankind right. coming back together? Yeah. Or How, do you ignore that kind of town mentality? Is that all just and, a big, because again, this is where, this is where Kippy would have been a lot of fun, right? Is this all just a big yeah. philosophical ploy yeah. that Satan has created to give people hope just to smash it? Um, which again, there are probably some, I'm not going to say atheists, because I don't know that atheists believe in any spiritual being whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are probably some that fall more in an agnostic realm. Yeah that would believe something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's where this guy falls, but you've got all of that going on. Um, well, I don't I think a lot I of times, to be, I don't mean to be like overly harsh in, yeah, in no. criticizing the, the video or the opinions of people, but you know, you and I are both in school right now and we yep. we're required to read books and then we get asked questions yes. based on the books. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know about you, but there've been times where I've had classmates who uh, have, shot the bull talking about a book when they really didn't actually read the book and it right. shows. And right. it, it's, it's kind you of read that, that back cover and you think you're an expert on yeah. what the book's going to say. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thought going through my mind as I'm listening to these TikToks. I'm like, dude, yeah. have you actually read the book? Yeah. And maybe he has, and that's kind of, or do you like just kind of cherry pick those? Yeah. No. And that's, that's, that's part of the, the things that we don't know. We don't pretend to know. It's one of right. those things, but it is, but there's, it so, is many kind of, yes. there's so many yeah, gaps. There's so many gaps, but there are definitely, and we'll get to wonder. that next video, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, sure. so the next video is all about, okay, look, if you've, if you've studied the Bible, these things should make more sense than they actually appear to make to you. Yeah. And now granted, don't get me wrong. There are always the cases of people who have been dedicated Christians their whole life and they look at one thing that just doesn't add up, and they're like, you know what? This whole thing is is just a crock. And yeah. so um, you bring all that up, and, and we keep kind of moving on with it, is this idea of, 
you know, are we to blame God for the mess that mankind causes? Mm -hmm. So you've got this idea of a a holy and perfect God and having those parts of judgment and wrath. Because my, it's always been, you know, my belief that you cannot have a perfect God if judgment is not a part of that. Yeah, sure. Right? Because at that point, God's not fair anymore. Mm -hmm. If there's no judgment, everybody's allowed to do whatever they want all the time, and there's no consequences, then you've lost this ability to have a right and wrong, um, and and it just becomes something that that isn't dictated by anything. And so are we quick, I guess is the question, to take the negative attributes of of man and attribute them to God? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, because, you know, Man was who created the term homophobic. Yeah, you know it sure. was, that that was that's not an attribute of God. That's like man created that term. Um, you know, man created a lot of these issues, and or do we are we quick to give the negative attributes of man and assign those to God? And a lot of people, I think, would say yes, but you know, you, then you have got this whole, you know, we were made in God's image. And, you know, does that mean that there is a negative image of God? And again, that's kind of pre-fall. And and anyway, it gets really, if you're, if you haven't studied the Bible, it gets really complicated, really fast. Let me put it that way. Well, it's, when I started my PhD program, the first class I took, the professor said, if you want to understand the Bible, you have to start with Genesis one, two, and three. Creation, garden, fall. Every part of the Bible is based on that and goes back to that. All of theology is built on that. And so, again, without trying to give our audience a headache, you have to wrestle with the question, what does it mean to be human? Yeah. Because we've already wrestled at least somewhat with the question, what does it mean to be God? Right. So now, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to have free will? What does it mean to make decisions? What does it mean to fall? Yeah. And And all of that is wrapped up in the two things that you see in Genesis 3, which is the fall of narrative. And that is the word of God and our obedience to God. Yeah. So what God says and what we do based on what God says. Yeah. Now, what happens in Genesis 3 is you have the word of the serpent Mm -hmm. and the action based on that. And so rather than... obeying and fulfilling the word of God, humanity obeys and fulfills the word of Satan. Yeah. And so uh, bringing things back to our video that we're kind of critiquing, if God is actually the devil, right? Who is the devil in scripture? Yeah. So it's, it's almost like, it's almost like you're trying to do a narrative critical view of the Bible, which is where you mm-hmm. make the Bible a story and you try to look at attributes of characters. Yeah. And if, if you make the attributes of the character of God the attributes of the devil, then what attributes does the devil have, or, or is there a devil? Is there is God yeah. ultimately the only, yeah. is the, the only spiritual force in the world evil? That's the question. Right. Well, and then you've got the whole idea of... Um, you know, if you're going to assign specific attributes to God or to the devil or to both or whoever, who gets to define what those attributes are? Yeah, yeah. You know, at the same point, if we're going to call God holy, and if you were going to take this guy and you were, you could start him with a perfect understanding, which I could argue that is actually impossible. But if you were going to start with a perfect understanding 
of the holiness of God? Would that change the opinion of this particular video? And then you've got to ask who gets to define those things because we can't start with that perfect understanding, right? Mm -hmm. So who defines what holiness is? Who defines what wrath is? Who defines what these attributes are? Um, and, you know, for, for people like you and me, you would say, well, you know, throughout scripture, there are definitions provided for some of the characteristics of God. However, we also like to change those definitions a lot, right? You know, I, uh, every once in a while, I'll tell somebody that I believe God is a hundred percent pro-choice and they look at me really funny. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, think about what I said for just a second. Like really think about what I said, that God is pro-choice and we can't get our minds around that right away because we've attached a different definition to what pro-choice is. We yeah. think about that in a political light. So yeah. who defines what those attributes are? Yeah, exactly. Is it, yeah, it's got to be a question that you asked there for, for sure. Um, you should probably answer that so the listeners who haven't heard you talk about this before know yeah, what you're so, saying. So the idea is, okay, so I tell people all the time, God, I, I do 100% believe that God is, is pro-choice in the sense that God has given you the ability to choose. God wants you to choose things for yourself. Now, what I don't mean by that is I do not believe that God is pro-abortion. Sure. Um, that's, that's basically what it is. And when we say pro-choice in a political narrative, um, or really in culture period, we take it as a political narrative mm -hmm. to mean that ability that a woman can or can't choose to abort a, a baby, uh, her, wherever she is along in that particular pregnancy. Yep. And so when I say that I believe that God is pro-choice, it means that God has given you free will. He has given you the ability to choose, uh, whether or not you want to choose to follow him, or he's given you the ability to choose to reject him. And that is something that he has given you. Uh, he is very pro-choice. He loves for you to use those choices. And throughout scripture, we can read that his will is for you to choose him. Um, even though that may probably, I say probably, even though that will not be the case for a lot of people, um, God does want you to choose. I do believe that when it comes to those, you know, those other political instances, I believe that there are, uh, very acceptable choices to God in those situations that don't involve uh, abortion. I believe that he's 100% okay if you choose motherhood. I believe he's 100% okay, um, you know, if you choose abstinence. Uh, you know, there's there's all sorts of things uh, that, that go into something along those lines that I believe God is pro-choice and wants you to use those choices, which is why God— you know, start talking about the philosophy of God and the attributes of him and all these things, you know, there's a re God is not, despite what some may say, God is not some puppet master who's controlling people. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that comes with a misconception of what the Holy Spirit is or who yeah. the Holy Spirit is and what yeah. the Holy Spirit, um, how the Holy Spirit works and what the Holy Spirit does in the life of a believer. But it's not a end all be all controlling substance that dictates what we can and can't do we do have the ability to choose and God has given us that ability. Therefore I believe God is pro-choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just good. not pro-abortion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so well, there's your, there's your clarification as far as uh, not to confuse anybody. Um, that's a big side rant. We may, who yeah. knows, we may find a video on that. Well, we, we for sure didn't want too, someone but, to leave uh, or click right. off the video and say, Oh, it's Joshua, too late. They probably, they probably Nathan, clicked, yeah. yeah. Well, we probably clicked off before you made uh, it. Clarify. No, I hope not. <laughs> But no, uh, but yeah, so kind of going along back with that. And again, that kind of goes back to how do you define holiness and who gets to define holiness? Yeah. Um, well, it's, I think it's a big thing. This is something that I'm studying now in one of my classes. And so it's kind of fresh on my mind. 
and, and that is um, how how we interpret is based on uh, what I've what I call the middleman. So yeah. you and I have both both have experience buying diamond rings for our wives. Uh, yeah. When you when you do that, the reason it's so daggum expensive is because you're buying it through a middleman who he went to get the diamond and now he's marking the price up so he can make a profit. Okay. Right. So the cheapest the cheapest diamond will be from the wholesaler, but mm-hmm. it may not be cut or what, however set or anything right. like that. Okay, well, the same is true with with reading the Bible or your view right. of God or whatever. Your view is going to be based on the middleman. So right. uh, we call these presuppositions. Right. Well, Scripture should be. It's it's not always. It's really most of the time it's not when we read Scripture. Right. But Scripture should be the middleman for God. It's how God reveals Himself, and right. God should also be the middleman for Scripture. So when I read scripture, I do it through the lens of God. Whenever I read, uh, yeah. whenever I want to study about God, I do it through the lens of scripture. That's not the case for a lot of people, but I would argue it's probably not the case for hardly anybody. Yeah, right. Hardly, well, hardly anybody, right? I mean, and you're talking about religious and non-religious folks alike. Yeah. Very rarely do you ever enter a conversation about God or read scripture without some form of preconception yeah well every, based on what you've always heard mm-hmm. or where you grew up in like you know the country yeah. uh if your parents were religious or not sure. um what denomination you fall yourself into sure. there's all well, those every things. every book i've ever read on biblical interpretation right the first if not the second chapter is always about removing your presuppositions in before yeah. you approach the text. And that's you true. Know, somebody somebody did a Bible class on this about all the different things that affect the way you read scripture. Yeah. I can't remember who that was. Yeah. I think it was you. Was yeah, it, you? it was me. It was me. <laughs> but it's a good class, by the way, if anybody wants to go look that up, I don't even know where it's at anymore, but it's a, it was a great class. There are so many different things that, uh, your your ethnicity, your age, your whether or not you uh, grew up with two parents or one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I use that example all the time. How do you explain God as a loving father to a sixteen year old girl whose father sexually assaulted her? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, there's there's so many different things that happen in your life that cloud, for lack of a better term, that mm-hmm. cloud your judgment or interpretation of what Scripture and who God is. Well, here's here's the point. We can't get the picture of God. We can't get a picture of holiness because your your question was, you know, how do you determine what holiness is? Yeah, we we can't be the authority for that. That's also true. And so there there is then another disconnect. And I, at risk of trying to be apologetic, um, there's another disconnect on whether or not you believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. So. Right. You we'll get to that in part two too. I feel like we're going to say that a lot here in the next five, ten minutes or so. It's like we're going to get to this in part two, and it's going to be good. Yeah, we're, people are going to comment on this video saying they just kept talking about part two. Save your time right. and go. go Where's part, part two? two? Yeah, that's it'll be. No, there. This is important. It is important though because you've got to clarify this is the conspiracy in that he actually believes in this, right? Yeah. So you've got to address what the point is first, and then you can address you know, kind of why you believe those, those things. And so well, the part of it is too, when you figure out if there's a misconception 
in the theory itself, it's going to make sense why some of what we pick apart in part two is going to be, oh yeah, that makes sense because it, you know, he started. Yeah. Kind of well, it also, it's also difficult because they call it a conspiracy. You know, the, the right. guy starts out like, what's a conspiracy that you a thousand percent believe in? Right. Not where I thought that video was going either. Like I, it was yeah. really kind of interesting because it's one of those things that when you talk about a conspiracy theory, it's like, you know, who shot JFK type type stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, or uh, the whole uh, aliens. I don't know. Well, the, there's the, the there's the sports conspiracy theory that, uh, you know, Michael Michael Jordan went and played baseball because he was being punished by the NBA commissioner. Uh, that that debate gets heated when you start talking about like true NBA fans and, yeah. and where they fall in that category. Yeah. But anyway, well, if it's a you know if it's a conspiracy, then that means someone started it with the purpose of altering truth in the name of truth. Kind of a weird way to put it, but yeah, you know, c- conspiracies have a lot of different definitions, and a, some conspiracies are true. Right. Conspiracy theories, on the other hand, may not be true, but a, a conspiracy as a noun is something that's true. Yeah. So, for example, the. Uh, uh, so maybe this is his theory that he believes to be true. Is that kind of? Yeah, how? that's that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. he believes this to be true. Uh, so, like for example, back in the oh, what was it in the '60s? Uh, I'd have to go back and look when the government gave hepatitis shots to uh, yeah. the African-American men and, and they actually gave them hepatitis. Uh, nice. They told them that they were giving them a cure for, for something. I don't remember what, but they actually gave them hepatitis in order to track how it affected African-American men. Okay. That's a conspiracy and it's real. Yeah. It actually happened. Um, conspiracy theory, on the other hand, may or may not be real. But this is, he's saying this is a conspiracy. So this is something that he actually believes in. Oh, yeah. And he makes that very clear in the video, right? Because the guy even says to start out, you know, what is this conspiracy that you believe in 1000% to be true? And so that's kind of why we wanted to address this is because you've got, I'm not going to say the entire world, Mm -hmm. but the majority of the religious world identifies not necessarily the Christian God and Satan, but in some some way of dualism, there is a a good force mm-hmm. and an evil force. Now, like I said, for the for the modern day Christian religion, it's God and Satan. Um, you know, for for Islam, it's different. For Buddhism, it's different. But at the end of the day, there is a good driving force and an evil driving force. And this guy has almost undermine religion completely in this attempt to kind of progress this conspiracy in the sense that there is actually no good force. Yeah. Right. Like it's just evil operating in what seems to be good, Mm -hmm. but is actually just doing it for the purposes of evil. Yeah. Which, which brings us back to the original point. Can, this is a philosophical question, but I love philosophical questions. I'm glad you do. <laughs> can I said I like asking them. Can evil like exist answering. without the presence of good? Is that one of those if like is everything underwater actually wet? Is that like <laughs> one of those type of questions? Well, yeah, is water wet? No, I don't, I don't know, but like can can you understand <laughs> completely underwater are you wet or are you dry? Can you understand 
the reality of evil, or is evil even a reality if good doesn't exist? And it seems that if let, let's let's say if he's right, yeah, if he's right, then my my question at the end of the video, he's complete. Let's say he's completely right, and we get to the right. end of the video, and we're left with us asking, "So what?" Yeah, if. If the God of the Bible, if the Christian God is the devil and everything is evil and there is no good, so what? Yeah. Because there can evil can't exist without good. Yeah. So yeah, it makes yeah. So you've got to you've got to acknowledge in some way, form, or fashion that in order for evil to exist, like I, that's one of those things. Like, can evil exist without the presence of good? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, would you know what evil is? That's one of those. Okay, don't overcomplicate it. No, you can't. You cannot yeah. comprehend what evil is if you do not have a good to measure it next to. I, I think, so yeah, no, I kind of I kind of understand what you're saying. There is this idea of all right. So if Satan or if the God of the Bible is just disguised as Satan, is there anything good in the world, period? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I think most people, I think most people, now, I, don't get me wrong, I know that there are going to be some out there that go, no, nah, I mean, men are inherently bad. Look what men have been able to accomplish and destroy and yada, yada, yada. But mm-hmm. I think most people, I would say probably north of 80% would go, no, there is good and otherwise, where are the feel-good stories at the end of the news coming from, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. where's what, like you have the little now? Granted, they've been far and few between over the last, I guess, probably ye- two two yeah. years now. Um, but yeah, I mean, life like, is coming where... to an end. Here's puppies. That's right? the news. Oh man, I love it. <laughs> well, I remember back when the jet skiing squirrel was a big deal. Mm, yeah, so, simpler you know, times. It's, it's right. It's all those things. So I think most well, people, like I said, I think north of eighty percent would absolutely say yes. There is good that exists. Mm-hmm in the world. And therefore there has to be some driving force behind that as opposed to, as opposed to goodness cloaked as evil for the sake of evil. Does that yeah. make sense? Let me Cause go. I feel like that's kind of where he's coming from is yeah. that everything that is good is a manipulation and is actually just evil being disguised as good for the purposes of evil. And again, we'll get to that a little bit in part two, because he, he mentions a couple of things that, that we'll kind of talk about, but well, let me, let me go back for a minute to, uh, well, about 2,500 years in time, uh, Socrates, Plato and Aristotle. Are, those guys. They're, they're not, obviously they exist most, before Christ. So they're not Christians. Boring. Yeah, say most boring poker group on the face of the planet, probably. Yeah, but. probably. <laughs> well, they're not Christians. They don't have a Christian worldview. They have yeah. a, uh, to some extent, a religious worldview. But in, in talking about you know the existence of good and evil, Socrates right. believed that good comes from the soul, that you have the body and soul and spirit, and that good comes from the soul through the mind. Plato believed that um, that that goodness is wrapped up in the forms. And so everything that we see on earth is a damaged version of the forms. And somewhere up there, there's the perfection of the forms. And then Aristotle believed that uh, goodness can only exist from what he called natural law. So Mm -hmm. just the the function of nature will provide goodness. Now, my point in bringing those three up is that in every single instance, there is always good and always a source of good right whether you're atheist agnostic greek philosopher or 21st century christian there's always a dichotomy 
this dualism that you spoke of, Nathan, yeah, of good 100%. and evil. And so I, I, I would love to ask, you know, where's the good? Right. I think that's a really good point. Uh, and I think that that's, uh, I'm not going to say a good place to stop, but I do think that's a question that you've, you've got to ask and, and yeah. definitely something that's worth bringing up. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, can, can there be that? And if you kind of fall on that, uh, where does this conspiracy kind of lead? And that's going to be what we talk about in part two, right? He's going to provide yeah. all of these, what he calls proofs uh, of this is exactly why I believe this conspiracy to be true. And he's going to talk about the attributes of the devil. Um, and again, I think it'd be really interesting to sit down with this guy and figure out, okay, are you, do you believe, like, are you actually believing in the existence of a devil and an absence of God? Or is mm-hmm. this just something that you've done in your spare time? Because you're like, Hey, I'm going to mess with some people's heads. Yeah. Um, regardless, you know, I think he might've done a, a decent job. And that's kind of why we talked about this, right? Because yeah. if you got, uh, if you've got, you know, you know, 14, 13, you know, 15 year old kid out there, maybe a brand new Christian who scrolls across this on TikTok randomly. Yeah. Uh, they're like, wait a minute. What that does, what that doesn't make any sense. And so now you've, uh, you, you know, we're just, we're trying to kind of provide some, some maybe uh, different than popular perspective, I guess is what this would be. Um, but anyway, uh, Josh, was there anything you want to say to wrap up part one? Like I said, this part probably won't be as long as maybe the next part. Cause we'll kind of go through his list there. But, yeah. uh, yeah. Speak now, forever hold your peace, type thing. Yeah. Well, just I wanted to talk one more thing before we get yeah, off here. No, absolutely. Um, it I is, got all the time in the world, man. Well, we kind of touched on it. We kind of alluded to it. Um, but that is this question of if if the God if God is actually the devil, then uh, if we were to read the Bible and read about the devil, then is that God also, or is there another character? You know, yeah. what purpose does the devil have in scripture? Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and I, th- I think when you ask most people, you know, uh, who tell me about the devil, you know, yeah. uh, what do you think about the devil? Uh, He's the red guy with the horns and the pitchfork and the, he, you know, he lives yeah. in hell and that's where he likes to hang out. That's a summer house or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the problem with that is every part of that is wrong according to scripture. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, no, I, I, I get that a hundred percent. I just that's the picture that we yeah. that's the modern day picture that we have, yeah. you know. Um do you uh you know, there's a slightly more inappropriate version that comes out around Halloween, but I mean mm. that's uh, you know, that's that's the whole picture we've got. We've got the pointy tail and yeah. the you know, the horns and the the pitchfork and the red and you know it uh, looks like it's straight out of a kid's cartoon almost, yeah, so, just about so my question then is what makes the devil so evil yeah from a christian perspective like you're, you accept the bible you have god right. and the devil what makes the devil so bad and people will say well the devil is uh he's evil yeah okay um how yeah and it all goes back to the devil rebels freely angels have free yeah. will the devil's the devil rebels freely against god yeah that's what he does that's his purpose and he's motivated by that so you say well what makes the devil evil well the devil is a liar the devil uh approves of sin the devil right. you know wants the world to be homosexual and uh murderous and thieves and all of that okay maybe but why? 
Is it yeah. because sin is his idea of good? No, it's because sin is rebelling yeah. against God, and he would rather right. us re- rebel against God than us be devoted to God. That's yeah. the that's the thing. And that's kind of the whole point. Like if 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 God like so you go with this guy's conspiracy, right? If you've got Satan who's disguising himself as God and creating all this stuff, what's the point? Yeah. What's the point of like? Is it just for his own amusement? Which I, I mean, that kind of would be evil, right? To have torture just for the point of amusement. But mm-hmm. is there, you know, what's the purpose behind it all? Yeah. If there's no such thing as good, if there's no such thing as God, then why would Satan care? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's another kind of, you know, you, you kind of mentioned that's kind of a, a hole in this idea of a conspiracy theory. Um, well, if know, if God really is the devil, and this is why I question, you know, have you read the book? Right. Um, if God is the devil, my question is, where does Jesus fall into that? Right. You know, no, I was thinking the same thing. Right. If yeah. you if if Satan is if Satan has disguised himself as God, right, because we're acknowledging that we think that the God of the Bible is actually Satan, mm. or this guy does. Yeah. Um. If so, all right. Then who is Jesus? Yeah. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who are the twelve? Who are? I mean, like, there's so much. That and he kind of gets into this a little bit in in twi- uh, in part two, and we'll kind of talk about this because some of this stuff doesn't add up to me. Mm-hmm. So he uses some arguments about the Bible mm-hmm. um, to kind of disprove his own conspiracy, and I'm like, if you don't believe in the Bible, then your conspiracy is see this is a spoiler, right? If you don't believe in the Bible, then then how does your conspiracy stand up on its own anyway? And so yeah. that's that again. So many more questions here's, and answers. Well, a here's lot of the these pro- times, but here's the problem, and this is why we do this podcast is because right. these people who make these, you know, sixty and ninety second TikToks have. Right. Uh, we'll we'll call. I'm going to coin a phrase for our podcast from now on. Okay? Oh snap! Let's do it. It, it is Swiss so cheese I have no idea. philosophy. I Swiss like it. cheese philosophy because it's I full like, of holes. I don't, like Swiss I don't like Swiss cheese either. So it's it's one of the it's one of the lesser valued cheeses in my opinion. Good grief, man. <laughs> we'll we'll get you cultured at some point. Man, don't of all look, we're going to get really down a rabbit hole, but of all the cheeses out there to choose from between the provolones and the smoked goudas and like the, right. the monsters and the whole right. world of cheeses, you're going to go with Swiss. But well, I agree. Right. Swiss cheese philosophy, we're going to use that repeatedly on this podcast. Yeah, um, full holes. Starting in part two. And I'm super excited about that. Yeah, so man. if you've watched this video, stay tuned for the next couple of days. We will be wearing the same clothes. Don't yeah. be alarmed. It's because we're recording this all at one time, but we wanted to break it down for your consumer. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Your consumer convenience, right? We have conveniently packaged these into bite-sized pieces. And so we are super excited to talk about the Satan conspiracy part two coming up. Uh, if you are uh, looking for other online resources, you can uh Search Troy TNCOC on YouTube, uh, Salem Creek Church of Christ on YouTube. We have all sorts of stuff on both of our YouTube pages. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on YouTube, assuming you're watching this, or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. We are incredibly excited that you've decided to listen to us. We thank you guys so much. If you have a topic you want us to address or you find a video that you think would be fun for us to talk about, send it to us. Uh, just Post a link in the comments. It's not that hard, uh, and we would be more than happy to discuss anything, almost anything, uh, on this podcast that we think is worth your time and ours. So uh, if that's it, man, you got anything else, Joshua? No, man. Before we head out? Ready to get in part two. Absolutely. So you guys stick around, and we will see you in part two.